name is Katie Tomberlin, and I'm from Carteret County. This is Community Rising, Shoreside's environmental stories, broadcasting from the Working Narrative Studio. Coming up next are stories from coastal North Carolina. I'm Kayla Gilliams, and I'm a reporter for Community Rising. The Albemarle Pamlico National Estuary Partnership is an organization that exists to protect the resources of North Carolina's Albemarle Pamlico Estuary, the second largest estuary in the United States. And as the negative impacts of climate change continue to develop, the partnership is going to have more responsibility in protecting the estuary than ever, as it is one of the most vulnerable regions to climate change, not just in North Carolina, but in the country. My name is Bill Kroll. I'm the director of the Albemarle Pamlico National Estuary Partnership. I've worked to identify, restore, and protect the significant resources of the Albemarle Pamlico estuary system. So an estuary is a place, simply it's where the fresh water from rivers meet with the ocean water. Estuaries are unique places on earth because of that mixing. They're very productive. In North Carolina and Southeast Virginia, this occurs in the sounds. In the Almar Pamlico estuary, there are eight major sounds. And most people see these on our map as the big bodies of water that are behind outer banks. The Almar Pamlico uh, estuary is the second largest estuary in the United States. And it's something that's hard to grasp for a lot of people is that they may be living in Raleigh or up in Roanoke, Virginia, and not realize that they're connected to the sounds. But everything that they do does in fact the river basin and the watershed and eventually flows into our sounds. Within the east coast, the estuaries provide essential habitat for a number of fish species that move all up and down the east coast that people eat. The Elmore Pamlico is unique because it has a variety of habitats. We have open water, marsh, wetlands, we have swamp forests, rivers, a number of oyster beds and reefs. We have uh, the second largest area of seagrass meadows on the east coast behind Florida. We have barrier islands. We have long-length pine forests and barrier island forests that are unique to our area. It provides livelihoods for a number of folks. In North Carolina and Virginia, the estuary provides support for transportation. It provides support for our local communities. We have a number of fishing communities, uh, crabbers, washermen, watermen, and such. We also have a big business of tourism, and recreation that are associated with the sounds. Uh, Then on the land, there's agriculture, there's forestry products, there's everything you would find everywhere else in the country that somebody wants to do occurs within our watershed. Estuaries are, by their nature, located close to the coast and connected with the ocean. So they're really susceptible to two major things, that being tropical storms or or, um, quasi-tropical storms and sea level rise. And sea level rise in the Elmore Pamlico estuary can affect, affect our development, our transportation, the way of life of many of the coastal communities. And tropical storms lead to flooding and inundation and lead to loss of property and sometimes lives, not only of people, but of livestock and wildlife. There's also numerous economic impacts that are associated with the, the negative impacts of climate change. As I mentioned earlier, that North Carolina raises a lot of oysters. Changes in the sea level could in, impact the, the ability for those communities to continue and thrive. If we lost our oyster community, there'd be lots of folks uh, out of work that harvest those, who graze those, and then there's people who transport those, people who serve them to the restaurants, 
restaurants that serve them, people buying them in the grocery stores. The Elmore Pamlico National Estuary Partnership, or, or APNEP, uh, we have one project going on with the Virginia Institute of Marine Sciences and, and NOAA to, to look at living shorelines and other ways to mitigate storm damage because living shorelines are a an approach to soften our shorelines and make them use nature to bridge that interface between open water and land. Uh, many homeowners and businesses have been using harder solutions with bulkheads and things like that to, to try to fend off the sea. Uh, what we found is that, that living shorelines can be very effective and re- being more resilient to, to some storm damage than the hardened structures can. The waves tend to come in and will still come o- up onto the land, whether it's a bulkhead or a living shoreline. But once the water is received, the hardened structures are often destroyed or greatly damaged, where the living shoreline will bounce back up within a few days or weeks. Also, it provides habitat and, and cover for a numbered species that live right along the shoreline. Uh, research over the past two decades uh, has indicated these living shorelines being more natural are much better for the environment than hardened structures. You've been listening to Community Rising, Shoreside's Environmental Stories. This podcast is a special project of Shoreside's and Working Narratives. Do you have a story from our coast that you would like to share? Contact us at info at shoresize.org. Thank you for listening.